What makes a good storyteller? Some people, it seems, are just naturally more engaging, more likable, more compelling than others as they tell a story. Some people can keep an audience absolutely riveted simply by the the power of their personality and their skill with words and language. Other people who maybe don't have all those natural skills can still be good storytellers primarily if they have a good story to tell. Many good stories are true stories, but certainly not all of them. Other stories that may not be true stories but still resonate with people seem to have a connection where they teach lessons or at least express ideas that are true to people's experience. In front of us today, from the Gospel of Luke, is a true story. It really happened. It's a story, though, that's very different from my experience, and I would assume the same about you. Yet, I am suggesting that the lesson Jesus teaches the man in our story is a lesson he would like you to take to heart as well. Tell how much God has done for you. Now, Jesus and his disciples met this man uh, on a trip to the region of the Gerasenes. That region is on the opposite side of the Sea of Galilee from where Jesus did most of his preaching and most of his teaching. His hometown of Nazareth and a town with which he was very familiar, Capernaum, both of those places were on the western area, the west side of the Sea of Galilee. But the Gerasenes was somewhere on the eastern coast. In the verses right before our text, we hear Jesus telling his disciples that they should get in a boat and go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and that's when a huge storm rolls in, stops them from making any progress until Jesus stops the storm. And then they made it across the sea. And when they made it across the sea, Jesus was met by a man who was possessed by demons. He had been that way for a long time. He was naked and homeless. He found his dwelling among the the tombs outside of the town. People tried many times over to rein him in to keep control of him by chains and shackles, but every time this man, powered by the demon, broke out of those restraints. So he lived off by himself, and he did so until Jesus came. The demons knew who Jesus was. They begged him not to torment them, even as they were tormenting this man. They knew that their time for controlling and possessing this man was coming to a close. They begged that Jesus would allow them one last chance to be destructive 
And Jesus did allow it. And so a whole herd, a large herd of pigs, all hurled themselves down into the sea to drown. With nothing more than a, a conversation, the same man who had calmed the storm cast out a legion of demons. You can see the connection to our worship theme for today. Through the word, the Lord crushes evil. But this isn't a story from our experience, is it? I've never witnessed demon possession as far as I can tell. And I suspect that's true for the vast majority of us gathered here, if not all of us. So what does this story have to do with you and me? What does this story have to do with our story? Well, first of all, it's a reminder. It's a reminder that the devil and his demons are characters in our story too. We don't really get things right if we don't admit, if we don't acknowledge that. The devil's tactics may have shifted, but his goals are still the same. If it's easier today to cause the destruction of people by having them believe that he doesn't even exist, well, then that's a tactic that he's willing to employ. But the fact is, we were born on his side, the devil's side, and not on God's side. Every choice that we make to abandon God, to abandon His Word, is a choice to, to flirt with the demonic powers and the demonic forces of evil. We convince ourselves that so many temptations are just not a big deal because after all, Jesus died for our sins. And when we do that, the devil smiles and he pushes more of those same temptations out in front of us again. If you think you are powerful enough to fight this ancient foe on your own, look at this man. Naked and demon-possessed in the, in the tombs, ripping through chains. When you know that you need help, when you know that you need someone else to fight the forces of evil for you, well then, look to Jesus, to the one who calms storms, the one who cast out demons. Look to the one who faced the same temptations that you do, and yet he never sinned, not even once. Look to the one who sacrificed himself to win the victory over Satan and the devil's might and all the temptations that he successfully has deployed into so many lives. You have a powerful Savior. You have a Savior who loves you. He warns you against the evil forces of Satan and his demons. He calls you to take his word as a shield and as a weapon against them. And he's proven his might. He's proven his might against a legion of demons by sending them scrambling down into the Sea of Galilee in a herd of pigs. But there's more to this story in Luke's gospel, isn't there? 
The pig herders went into town, reported what had happened, and the people came back out to see that, and they found Jesus. And Jesus was sitting there with a man at his feet, and it was the same man that they had known before, the naked tomb dweller who could never be chained. Except now, he was clothed, he was sane, he was normal. He was sitting there having a conversation. Now everything was fine again, except that everything was not fine. The people of the town were gripped with fear. They asked Jesus, they begged Jesus, go away. They thought they'd be better off with Jesus on the other side of the lake. They thought that they would be better off without Jesus. Apparently, they thought they would be better off with the things the way they had been before. Your story is not exactly the same as that of the demon-possessed man, but it is similar. Jesus has rescued you from the power, from the control of evil. He took you out of the sinful darkness into which you were born, and he made you his very own child. But now, even with that, is your story sometimes like the story of the townspeople? They had lived with a demon-possessed man just outside of their town for years. Now in one day he's sane and calm, but a herd of pigs has been destroyed. The townspeople come out to see what had happened, and what they think should happen is that Jesus should leave. It's a very striking picture. They were fine with this real evil when it was just outside of their town. They dealt with it at an arm's length. They tried to capture him from time to time, always unsuccessfully. So then they just let him be. But when Jesus came, then they were terrified. It was Jesus they wanted to have nothing to do with. I don't know if their primary motivation was that they wanted the pig farmers to earn a living, but I do know this. They got things backwards. Is your story ever mixed up like that? We can certainly focus on the wrong things. We can suppose that making money, earning a living, that's of primary importance. We can allow that to take, uh, to take precedence, to take priority over devotions, Bible study, even sometimes over worship and attending church. We can get really comfortable with temptations that we feel are, are out there at an arm's length, just far enough away that we're not really feeling threatened by them. Oh, I can look at filthy websites, but I won't for very long. I might hold a nasty grudge, but it's not like I would hurt somebody. So what if I don't listen to my parents or my teachers? After all... I know a lot, and those people just grew up in a different world than the world that we're living in 
now. You know, for all of us, our story is that we live in a society that constantly calls good evil and calls evil good. Your story is that Jesus called you out of the darkness of this world in order that you might shine a light into that darkness. In other words, He's called you to be different. But far too often, you and I both say to Jesus, Jesus, can't you just leave us alone? At least for a little while, can't I just enjoy these things? Because I'm convinced that I do enjoy them. Jesus has done great things for you. And Jesus still does great things for you in part by allowing you to recognize evil. Jesus has even greater things in store for you, yet as His forgiven children, He wants you to experience them for all eternity. And that's why He wants you to hold on to His powerful Word. That's why He wants to feed you with His true body and blood. That's why He wants you to repent and to recall the powerful washing of your baptism. And Jesus wants you to tell your story. The formerly demon-possessed man had an amazing story. What he wanted to do was follow Jesus. Jesus who had just freed him from this evil. He wanted to learn more. He wanted to be with Jesus. He wanted what the other disciples had that, you know what, they may have taken for granted at times. And to his request, Jesus said, no. The townspeople wanted Jesus to go away. But Jesus wanted to leave his word behind for them. And so he told the man, return to your home and tell how much God has done for you. And the man did exactly that. This man's calling, his vocation, was not to be one of the disciples of one of the twelve with Jesus, not to be one of the apostles. It wasn't to be a leader of the church. His vocation, his calling was to be a person in that town with a story to tell. It was to tell his story. Tell how much God has done for you. You probably have many vocations. Maybe you're a parent. Happy Father's Day, by the way. Maybe you're a child. Maybe you're a neighbor, a co-worker. Maybe you are a congregational leader. Maybe you might consider becoming a full-time minister of the gospel as a pastor or as a teacher or as a staff minister. But here's what all of us can do. In our own unique situations, in our own unique circumstances, with the people that God has placed into our lives, we can tell our stories. 
We can tell how God forgives us. We can tell how Jesus loves us. We can tell how Jesus died for our sins. What makes a good storyteller? Most of all, it's having a good story. You have that story. You have the circumstances in which to tell it. So tell it. Tell how much God has done for you. Amen.